<clears throat> Hello, uh, Dr. S and anybody else listening. This is Laura with perspectives on a short story. Um, talking today about <clears throat> Anton Chekhov's The Lady with the Toy Dog. Uh, we're going to be talking about the character development that we see the main character <clears throat> go through. Um, I don't have a partner today, so I'm just kind of... I'm going to do this kind of as a stream of consciousness. I've got my book here and my uh, <clears throat> essay in front of me, and I'm just going to try to hit all the points that I did in my paper and also uh, go through what I have underlined in my book. So <clears throat> Anton Chekhov's The Lady with the Toy Dog follows a very misogynistic uh, sort of I say Casanova in my paper so that's like the only word that's coming to mind right now but very much sleeping around cheating on his wife talking horribly about women um, until he meets this this one girl the lady with the toy dog uh, and she doesn't seem in the in the book she doesn't seem entirely different from any other young woman in an unhappy marriage, which I thought was very interesting. I think it really highlights the fact that, <coughs> sorry, I think it really highlights the fact that this was definitely Gomov's um, character development and had very little to do with um, the woman actually being better than all of these women. It very much um, highlights the fact that Gomov's issue was with women was entirely internal, which I'll get to later on. But he meets this woman, and initially he does not like her very much. He really just wants to sleep with her. Um, and they, they go on these walks, and they go on a date, and they kiss, and she feels horribly about it because she's never cheated on her husband, I'm presuming. And um, he, he talks about... My first point is that... Uh, he talks about how bored he is with her little moment that she has. Um, and uh, let me see if I can find that on here. Um, on page 140 of The World's Greatest Short Stories, it says, Gomov was already bored. Her simple words irritated him with their unexpected and inappropriate repentance, but for the tears in her eyes, he might have thought her to be joking or playing a part. Um, so he did not care for her whatsoever. It was not a, <clears throat> um, you know, there wasn't something special about her that, and she was just so different from other women. It just so happened that she was what he needed to get over his own internal issues, I suppose. Um, but after she has this moment where she's really regretting what they're doing, they go on this walk. <clears throat> and this is the first time we see Gomov do or say anything intelligent in the story. Um, I have in my essay, they're sitting next to each other at this... this uh, lake and he says well Anton Chekhov says 
sitting side by side with a young woman who in the dawn seemed so beautiful, Gomov appeased and enchanted by the sight of the fairy scene, the sea, the mountains, the clouds, the wide sky, thought how at bottom, if it were thoroughly explored, everything on earth was beautiful. <coughs> everything except what we ourselves think and do when we forget the higher purposes and life and our own human dignity. So we're seeing here that he's admitting that at its core, there is there's beauty in everything, right? This is the first time he really um, thinks deeper than his own wants or needs or whatever you may call it. But this is also the first time that he speaks of the woman. Why can't I remember her name? I don't know if she has a name. This is the first time that they he speaks of the woman kindly. Um, you know, he talks about this beautiful scene that he is seeing with her. He talks about sitting by a young, uh, beautiful woman. Um, and uh, from this point on, Gomov does not say another negative, truly negative thing about her. They continue going on dates. Uh, they go on long walks. He talks to her. He kisses her passionately in a, a field. Um, but he never speaks ill of her feelings again. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, of course, she leaves, right? She goes back to, I think she lives in Russia. Neither of them actually live in this little town, I believe. Um, but she returns to Russia, and we see this very stark change in his personality immediately. Um, he, I have here in the essay, um, he describes his, his grief as she leaves. He thought that it had been one more adventure, one more affair, and it also was finished and had left only a memory. So he's saying, like, he thought it was just, you know, just another one for the books. Um, but he was moved, sad, and filled with a faint remorse. Surely the young woman, whom he would never see again, had not been happy with him. So here he is thinking of her feelings. He's putting her feelings above his own, and he feels bad that he wasn't good enough for her. And this is where we really see <clears throat> his own internal issues come to light, I feel. Um, he was always... Um, here, I have um, on page 141, this is before she leaves... It says, um, then every afternoon they met on the, on the quay and lunched together, dined, walked, enjoyed the sea. Uh, she complained that she slept badly, that her heart beat alarmingly. She would ask the same question over and over again and was troubled now by jealousy, now by fear that he did not sufficiently respect her. Um, he would draw her close and kiss her passionately. Uh... He talks about how his his time with her regenerates him. Um, he would tell, that's her name, he would tell Anna how delightful she was, how tempting. He was impatiently passionate, never left her side, and she would often brood, and he even asked him to confess that he did not respect her, did not love her at all, and only saw in her a loose woman. Um, 
sorry. <clears throat> um, so we see here, she, even she is like, come on, dude. Like, you don't really care about me. I'm not different. You know, this is who you are. But when she finally leaves, he talks about how he was not able to sufficiently please her. And he is, he's sad. He, re he regrets that he can't be <laughs> better for her. It says, um, Surely the young woman whom he would never see again had not been happy with him. He had been kind to her, friendly and sincere, but still in his attitude toward her, in his tone and caresses, there had always been a thin shadow of raillery. The rather rough arrogance of the successful male aggravated by the fact that he was twice as old as she, and all the time she had been called, she had called him kind, remarkable, noble, so that he was never really himself to her and had involuntarily deceived her. So we're seeing a bit of, it's called imposter syndrome. Uh, we see it a lot with um, people that are mentally ill <laughs> uh, will feel like they are making up their symptoms for attention. And they'll think, oh, well, you know, you're only saying that because I lied to you. You know, I'm not actually depressed. I just am doing this for attention. And that's why you're giving me attention. But in reality, you are depressed and you're getting attention because you need help. He is saying, you know, I was nice to her and she's calling me nice, but I wasn't really being myself. I deceived her. I wasn't good for her, whatever. But in reality, he was kind to her, you know. Um, and so we see that. And it, it even says his rough arrogance, successful male, aggravated by the fact that he was twice as old as she is. It's it's he's literally just talking about his own insecurity. He's saying, "Oh, she thinks I'm kind, but I'm not. I'm I'm twice as old as her. I could never make her happy." Um, you know, so on and so forth. And so time goes on, and and um, he says he had thought that she would pass, you know, just another memory, just another person. <clears throat> but his memory was lit by a light that grew even stronger, no matter how, through the voices of his children saying their lessons, penetrating to the evening stillness of his study, through hearing a song or the music in a restaurant or the snowstorm, you know, um, the whole thing would come to life again in his memory. That's 143. He was filled with a great longing to share his memories with someone. He, regardless of whether he realized it at the time, because clearly he thought that he was, you know, deceiving her or whatever, he cared for her, but resented her and all other women, you know, because he felt that he could not possibly um, be good enough for them because he was too old or he was too this or whatever the case may be, um, I'm sorry, uh, we go on to, on 144, we see he, he goes to Russia to find her, and he, he runs into her at this movie theater, it's a whole process, him trying to find her, he's, it's very, uh, juvenile the way he goes about it he just goes to places assuming that she'll be there and then he's upset when she's not and um on page 145 he finally he goes to this play thinking oh she, she'll probably be there he has no reason to think that she will be there 
that he goes to this play and he finally sees her. Um, and he says, Chekhov says, she was his grief, his joy, his only happiness, and he longed for her. And through the noise of the bad orchestra with its 10th rate fiddles, he thought how dear she was to him. He thought and dreamed. So we've gone from somebody who was bored by her emotions. <coughs> um, was bored by her emotions and was speaking terribly of women, thinking, you know, horribly of them, to flying across the country and going to this random play that she might not even be at to find her. Um, and truly, we'll get to their little reunion in a second, but truly, the reason, it, to my understanding, that he was so enthralled with her is because she finally made him feel like he was good enough. Um, and he started to finally feel it wasn't just that she thought he was good enough. She made him truly believe that he was. You know, he says, oh, she thinks I'm kind, but I'm not, whatever. But he starts to realize that he is. He he misses her. He misses those sweet moments. He finally goes to find her. It is not... I, I truly believe that he fell in love with her because she made him fall in love with himself if that makes sense. He, he finally saw who he could be and how he could treat women, and he realized <coughs> how much he wanted to give that to her, you know? Um, my favorite line from this entire short story is on 146, towards the bottom of the page. She looked at him fearfully in entreaty, with love in her eyes, gazing fixedly to gather up in her memories every one of his features. I suffer so, she went on, not listening to him. All the time I thought only of you, I lived with thoughts of you, and I wanted to forget, to forget, but why, why did you come? A little above them on the landing, two schoolboys stood and smoked and looked down at them, but Gomov did not care. He drew her to him and began to kiss her cheeks, her hands. Um, and, uh, Anna leaves him there. She, she tells him to go home. She says, you have to leave. Uh, he, she, she leaves him. Um, but they do, they come up with this, uh, this plan to see each other. It's just, it makes absolutely no sense. But I love the way this story goes because... As I said, this wasn't a story of, like, the it girl. She, was, she wasn't like other girls. This was literally a story of a broken person being made better by somebody else by simply understanding the way that that person sees them. Anna sees him as the person he wants to be. And that is, that is what draws him so entirely to her. Um, because he he realizes he can be that person with her and that he is that person with her and that that is what he wants he wants to be good enough and um I, I I truly love this idea that both of them tried so hard to <clears throat> get away from each other and <coughs> it just does not work she says I wanted to forget you but why why did you come and obviously, in the next few months, um, 
they began to see each other. I have underlined on 147, by a strange conspiracy of circumstances, <clears throat> everything that was to him important, interesting, vital, everything that enabled him to be sincere and denied self-deception and was the very core of his being must dwell hidden away from others and everything that made him false, um, all of this was open. So in this, this, uh, stanza I guess in this excerpt he's talking about how he wants to be with her with Anna openly but he can't obviously because both of them are married but he's talking about how everything that is him he he can't be in the light of day he nobody knows who he truly is which goes back to this whole idea that he can finally be who he wants to be with her um <clears throat> And everything that he doesn't want to be is who he's been outwardly. Honestly, it I think it kind of makes sense <laughs> why he was such a bitter person. I think it doesn't make sense that he, well, it makes sense, but it's not fair that he projected those insecurities onto an entire sex. But um, <clears throat> it makes sense. Um... Sorry, I'm seeing if there's anything more important in this little... Uh, stanza, but... He talks on page... Is it 148? He says, um... Somewhere on page 148 or 149, he says that... There it is. Uh... His hair was already going gray, and it seemed strange to him that in the last few years he should have gotten so old and ugly. Her shoulders were warm and trembled to his touch. He was suddenly filled with pity for her. Why should he? Why should she love him so much? He was always um, seemed to women. He always seemed to women not what he really was, and they loved him not himself, but the creature of their imaginations. Not one of them was happy with him. Time passed. Um, and there was everything but love. And now at last, when his hair was gray, he had fallen in love, real love, for the first time in his life. Just there. He says all of the people that he had slept with or been with before did not like him for who he was and thus did not enable him to be who he wanted to be. They saw who he was outwardly, which he has expressed was uh, a, um, a farce, a... Um, I keep saying, thinking the word imagination, but that's not what I'm looking for. It was something that he, he invented, right? But she, Anna, has is finally seeing him for who he is and loves him for who he is. And now, after all of these years, he is finally, um, you know, falling in love. What I think is interesting is that he continuously brings up his age, which I think is another aspect of his insecurity. Uh, he doesn't think he can be good enough for her because she's so young. Right? And that may right come down to like a physical thing, but um <clears throat> Yeah, I I really enjoyed this story. Um I like the way that it ends and obviously there's a huge arc here, you know. We see him go from being somebody that he doesn't want to be and accepting that he is that person and truly believing that he is that person to finding who he can be for other people and being loved for being that person 
Um, and, you know, on 149, by the end of it, they're talking about working things out, figuring out how they can be together, which is not something he did for his other wife. You know, that's he never tried to make his marriage work. He never tried to make it work with anybody else. <clears throat> he always just tossed everybody else to the side. Um, I think this is a great love story. I think that it has a very timeless message that if you are not true to yourself and you are not real with yourself and with the people around you, you are never going to find what you're looking for. You know, sometimes real happiness truly does come within. And obviously, Gomov has had his wake-up call in the form of Anna, but <clears throat> um, it's an interesting thought that... Uh, you have to truly love yourself before you can be loved by others. Um, simply because if you don't love yourself, then you're not living up to who you are supposed to be. I hope that this makes sense. I really am just rambling off the top of my head. I, I really did love this story. I thought it was <clears throat> so good. Um, I'm sorry, I'm reading my last couple lines to see if there's anything um yeah i i say here in in the last two lines of my essay i say there is no disconnect between them he fulfills her and thus himself he finds fulfillment within her which i think is another interesting concept because right now there's a big push for um you can't let another person make you happy you need to come to another person happy and then just kind of mesh yourselves together, but I think there's a difference between happiness and contentment. And I think that Gomov finds contentment in Anna. I think that that is what Gomov needed. Yeah. I, I really hope that all of this made sense. I, I really liked that story. Um, it was a great difference between uh, this one and the last one we read, Araby. But I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, this has been my podcast with Laura. Uh, perspectives on the short story. I hope that you have a lovely day. <clears throat> and I will see you shortly.